0: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org.
1: Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football. Good evening UK.
2: Rush Nation and welcome along to this week's flagship show. Uh, I'm pleased to say I'm back after struggling uh, with no voice and a shocking cold and Munich took it out of me, Murph. You powered on through, I'm pleased to say, and, uh, and we're all so grateful for that. So how are you doing, big man? You're
1: I'm all right. I'm slowly on the mend, so uh, it was very quiet this week on Twitter, and a few people, I didn't get DMs back yep. till till very late, so apologies, but uh, that's, yeah, health comes first. It's, it's just a, st- it's a stomach issue, just some bacteria that shouldn't be there is there, and just got killed off, but today's the first day I sort of feel a bit human, so... it's all good and um i really appreciate everybody's warm reception to last week's show with with evan you know we touched uh, a lot of topics but in particular some some sort of deep stuff there and people really appreciated the chat and there were some really kind words that came through my dms so yeah evan's brilliant and uh it was a great show with a lot of great content and then a very real discussion about twitter bullying and uh, mental health and and covering those angles if you have having a chance go listen to it i'm not saying that you know i'm a guru for mental health or i'm i've had it any worse than anybody else from um, an abuse perspective but i would say that it, it definitely we're both com- it. it's definitely no, it's a conversation we're, wrong, needs to be
2: we're, we're both redheads we're on the wrong side of that already so
1: like exactly exactly that you know I was, I was telling someone the other day you know i've been bullied every day pretty much you've since i was six years old
2: you've embraced it and carried it i've I run away from yeah. it so
1: yeah, I, it's one of those things, isn't it? I think it's Ooh. not so much embracing it. It's just you have to you have to get to a point in your life, don't you? You just think, all <laughs> right,
2: yeah, yeah. whatever. And we're not making live. I, I make ginger jokes. We're not making live either. Let's be clear on
1: that. Oh, uh, yeah, 100%. <clears throat> I, you know, I've always said to people, like, I don't mind it if it's done to my face. Um, and I'm part of the joke. That's fine. It's when it's behind your back or you're excluded because of your yeah. hair colour. Like, that's the part I can't. I can't stand. Like, that's the... That's the fine line. Like I, I could anyone will call me Ginge or you know what? My best mate, his, um, my godson, and his little sister, and his older brother all call me Uncle Ginger. Like that's just go. what I'm called, and that's fine. <clears throat> like it's not, you know, it doesn't have to be Total a negative Indian thing
2: that way.
1: Exactly that, and I think that's the key is is how you convey something like, that. and that's true with anything. Context is key, but we've digressed a little bit. I think this yes. is a really good show. We're at a really crucial point of the season now, where. <clears throat> Look, we could keep doing play utilizations. We've done lots of players. We've got a lot right. We've got a few wrong. I have to take an L on Isaiah McKenzie. I said drop him last week and then he goes and has a half decent game. Um I still don't think I would be that gutted if I had dropped him because I don't know if his path to victory going forward is is key. But I think you know he's a player that I got wrong. I didn't see him having a big role rest of the season and he, he did pop up with a with a game. But I think what we should do is start thinking about roster builds. If you are in t- you're in two scenarios now. You're either in a I'm sitting pretty for the playoffs. I'm pretty much or I have qualified already with two weeks to go. And it's what would you do to get ready for that? Or inversely, I need to win every game. Not just to get in, but to win the playoffs. So I'm i win or i win or I'm out. And
2: your
1: playoffs start now. Exactly that. And your playoffs start now. And you have to think about how you're going to build for victory. So I think we're going to have some tips there from yourself and thinking from a, a small DFS mindset and how you can transfer that. And then um me from a just a roster construction. And just being really honest for yourself. Because I think that, that's really key. And then we'll do some um some schedule stuff. We'll think about some players that you should add to your rosters. Uh I can't believe we are in week. We've had week 12 barring tonight. Josh oh, Jacobs right. is the RB1. <laughs> yeah, it's a <the>
2: weird <laughs> world we live in. Do you remember there was a time uh, not that long ago where he started the opening preseason game and the uh, uh, season over? Can you remember
1: that? 100%. Everyone was going nuts like, what are they doing? He's going to be nothing this season. Everyone faded. That August, honestly, I got him for such a discount. That I looked like a genius now, and it wasn't. It was just value. It was just yep. value drafting. It was just I can't let him slip anymore. Someone's got to pay a decent. No one's getting him for a steal past where I've got him. Um, I did that in my Raz yep. Bowl build. It was the same thing. He fell to the fifth round in the Raz Bowl. and it's a fourteen yep. team league. So I got him at the five oh two. So that's yeah. <clears throat> 28, 56, 58, 58 for all. That's wild. Yep. Like you, you, <laughs> and, and, you know, now he's, he's paying dividends, but I think that, that's the thing. It's, it's just about, I didn't necessarily rate his prospects, but I felt you had to take him, but it's interesting. you got Jamal Williams, RB 10. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just a wild season. What's going on here, but anyway, we'll get to that. Um So I think, you know,
2: Hi, Stacey. Yeah, hey.
1: hey, Stacey. I think um, let's, get, let's get into um, this discussion then about building your we Where are we going to
2: start? We're going to start with the team that's, that's in and now planning or do you want to start with the, the the guys on the bubble? Where should we begin?
1: I think let's start with the ones where you're in because I think uh-huh. there's not a huge amount of those but I think those that are there are the ones that quite avidly even listen to the show. I think there'll be this more from tomorrow to. when this
2: week scores start ticking in and you can look at the team in seventh and start going, well, I've got two games and 200 points. I'm going to be okay here. Exactly. They're the ones that need to start prepping for.
1: Yeah. And I also think the conversation is harder because when you're thinking about your roster, if you're sitting here with 10 wins, 10 wins, nine wins, 11 wins, 12 wins, your roster has got to be pretty stacked, Mm -hmm. right? And you might get to a point where there isn't anybody you'd want to change off your roster. That's okay. Okay. But I think you've got to have the honest conversation to look at every single spot on your roster and think about value opportunity. And there is some real quick wins from a roster perspective that you can take advantage of. So for me, when I'm thinking about roster, and then we'll talk about the mindset of picking up winning players from you. Mm-hmm. If you're carrying an extra DST right now and you've your DST's at a buy, that's gotta that go. Same yeah. with tight end, same with yeah. quarterback. Right, Those three positions do not need a handcuff. You do not need a handcuff. They're not worth it. There is no tight end. If you're hal- holding two top five tight ends, unless you, unless that second tight end is good enough for a flex, you've missed a trick by not trading him.
2: Because So you run a league for the playbook people that are in it, where yeah. we're actually required to roster two kickers and two defences per team. They yeah. become super premium during the draft. I dropped my third option of both in week eight. Once two yeah. kickers had, had a buyer, two defences had, had a buyer, I don't need to keep a team that still got a buyer to come in week 11. Change it no.
1: up. And that's exactly it. You don't need backup. <laughs> the only exception to this I would have is uh, deeper leagues. If 14, a, or 14 if there's a big in
2: quality. So yeah, exactly. Defenses and schedule. That would be the only concern. If you've got one that's... I don't know. If you're holding a Ravens or a Patriots defense, perhaps, and then you're also playing with the Falcons defense, you're going to want to hold one. I don't know how the buys work. I'm picking teams off the top of my head. but Well, yeah, I mean,
1: Falcons have got a buy coming up and the, and the, the schedule for the Patriots is actually for the DST not as good. So I feel like the heyday of the Patriots DST, we're in the sunset of it now. And I think we're at the point where it's probably still, if they're your DST, roll with it. It's fine. But I don't think they're the premium. Don't expect the premium points you've been getting all season out of that DST because their schedule becomes a lot harder. Um, But yeah, exactly that. I think there's no need to have multiples in positions where you play one person. And if you have some, and yeah, and the exception would be if you know one of your rivals needs a QB and you're holding a high end QB, again, miss the boat by trading him to someone who was desperate enough for one anyway. If your league's still trading, but, then great. I, I trade these people off your roster because in this situation, we're trading we're to people.
2: Where you're in and done, I wouldn't worry about what other people need or don't need at this stage, potentially. I'd be looking at me and only me. I'm, I'm not caring if a guy in seventh needs a top QB to make it. Let him have it.
1: I, I agree with sixth, seventh, fifth. Yeah. But if your rival in second is stacked Just, minus so a QB...
2: Yeah, but if you see, yeah, but they say they've been streaming eight, nine streaming. Weeks, yeah,
1: perhaps, yeah, or they've been playing Geno Smith all year,
2: uh, you, you know, and all of a sudden you... which is about to change. <laughs> he's had a decent QB year, and now he's out of a job potentially. Yeah, exactly
1: that. So, I think there's a few scenarios where you can think about that and just be a little careful. But, you know, I think, I think it's safe to drop virtually anybody that you're holding um, Trevor Lawrence, Jared Goff, Tom Brady. I think all of those are fine. To drop, they're not going to penalise you enough yeah. if you're playing with uh Allen Mahomes, Burrow, hurts, yeah. those sorts of players hurts exactly. So I think you know get those off your roster. Uh, one exception would be if you've been playing with Justin Fields and he's questionable. Of course, keep the second QB until Fields is back. But other than that, in most scenarios, so that's the first one is is
2: get rid of them.
1: If you've the second got any is to look at QB,
2: them... drop all of them.
1: Yeah, well, I think Mike White. Mike White's uh
2: he's
1: QB six on the week, so crack, crack on Mike White. Um I you know, then the next thing is to get brutal with your roster. Okay, mm-hmm. so the biggest thing I find with teams that are on championship runs is they have an amazing, amazing starting lineup, a couple of stud bench players and then some absolute dross. And what no. I mean by dross is not completely awful, but players that will ev- never, ever make their lineup. Any and we looked at this,
2: just quickly on that note, the guy we had on, and I cannot for the life think of his name, and I should do, who won the FFCC last year. I know it's a basketball competition, slightly different.
1: Andy Singleton, yeah.
2: Yes. And Andy's roster there, half of them was... A, there was upside picks at the time. They were late-round dart throws that never actually scored anything for him and that's kind of what we're looking at even though it's redraft now
1: yeah and so there's players on people's rosters marvin jones Jarrett mckinnon um you know these sorts of players who are absolute roster clogs i would go as far to say that someone like uh just i'm going through some names uh michael carter potentially is a roster clog. Well, he's, he's out for the season now, so you should be dropping him anyway. But yeah, he would be a prime example of that. AJ Dillon, I know he had an RB 12 week this week, but his finishes before that were, I'm going to read them out in order. Um, so 10 in RB in week one, 36, 48, 33, 60, 22, 60, 43, mm-hmm. 30, 37, 49. Then 12 this week. That's his finishes. Like yep. Not good enough. So no, like <clears throat> why is he on your roster? When are you, You're only ever playing him... And maybe you keep him as a handcuff, and maybe he is that high value handcuff. Which, if you can make that argument, fine. Tyler Algier, he needs to be off your roster. You know, Benjamin needs to be off your roster. Rashad White needs to be off your roster. Like, I know he, he's having an RB9 week this week, but the Bucks don't I'm run okay the ball with Richard,
2: well. Right? Yeah. If Fournette stays out, you've got an RB1 on your team there.
1: Yeah, but I don't think he is going to stay out. That's my problem is no. I don't think he's going to stay out. You know, we I said weeks ago, the players that you want to look ahead to were players like Isaiah Pacheco. Yep. Isaiah Pacheco, since I've said that, is returned RB31, RB22, RB15. All right, mm-hmm. RB31, not great. But it's all going in the right direction because he's playing easier teams that they're going to lead and they're going to run the ball more and the game script suits. So, like, this is where your these little tidbits that we give you on utilization of buy low windows were important because this is where you should have these players on your roster already. But James Robinson healthy scratch yesterday; he's got to go off your roster. Yep. So these these are some players that you need to be brutal with and just say why why are they on your roster? Like, are they there to fill the space? And just be honest: is there ever a scenario where I think I'm going to put that player in? Um, you know, I can say the same about wide receivers. You know, I almost think Drake London's droppable, right? I almost think he's droppable. What is he doing for you on your roster? In the last, let's go his last six weeks, wide receiver 86, wide receiver 56, wide receiver 45, wide receiver 25, wide receiver 49, Wide receiver 73 and counting this week. So he's going to be near 80.
2: And some of them weeks after Pitts has gone as well. So he's lost his only competition for targets and he's still not improved. Exactly that.
1: So why why is Drake London on your roster? Like you expecting this boom. And listen, you have to be prepared for the fact that these might just completely flip. But you've also got to play it big. And I think you've got to cut these players, um, move them off your roster and look at opportunities. You know, I'd almost say Brandon Cooks, Because that quarterback situation is potentially in that same bracket. Brandon Cook's last week, where he finished as a top 35 wide receiver, all right, he missed two weeks, was week four. Where's his upside? doesn't exist. There is no upside for Brandon Cooks. So these are the players. Forget name values. Forget where you drafted them. Brandon Cooks, yes, I know you got him in the sixth round. It looks starting well. They've changing QBs. They're not interested in winning Houston. They've got the number one pick locked. Like, they're not interested in winning any football games. So they're not going to sling the ball in a negative part. We saw it yesterday. They're 30 nothing down. You're talking about the perfect game script yep. for a wide receiver to get a load of garbage points. And he finished wide receiver 43 and counting. Going to be near a 50 by the end of the week. Got to go, and you've got to have that harsh yeah. reality of it of be really brutal with your mm-hmm. roster, get rid of these guys, and then think <laughs> about week, weekly plays. And this is where you come in, Dan, because you're more of a DFS mindset player than me. Yeah. Um, uh, you've won some good money this year on DFS, so, got a lot want, so yeah. uh, yeah. So, I, you know, what are some tips when you're thinking about weekly? not as a weekly streaming play, but Hmm. weekly high-end plays. So like a situation you would look for where you think, yeah, he's low-owned and probably free on your waiver wire, but I actually think he's someone that in the right situation could go off that week.
2: So with a DFS build, I invariably would look at First, my gut instinct I to look at all the games, which ones I feel will be higher scoring or, or whether the both teams combined will be higher scoring or whether there'll be a blowout in on one way or the other. Uh, and then factoring game scripts a lot more. I'm um, then looking at not just how defenses factor against wide receivers. I'm looking at how they factor against a wide receiver one or a wide receiver two or an outside receiver or a slot receiver and um, trying to find those guys. Um, whether plays a big part, whether it be inside, whether it be outside, whether it be in the freezing cold and the pouring down of rain as we've seen sometimes this year. Um, and sometimes, I mean, look at Seattle. They have two really good receivers there. Metcalf seems to be the target hog. Lockett seems to be the good winner. Sometimes it's just your gut as to which one you kind of fancy it's their week at that stage. Um, I mean, those guys aren't going to be available on the waiver wire, but There'll be some people about there that that you'll need to pick. So, um, yeah, I'm generally looking at, if you're looking for stat-based stuff, I'd check the betting lines and check what the over-under is on points and whether the bookies are anticipating it being a high-scoring game. Uh, And I'd also check the handicap on them as to whether the bookies feel there'll be a blowout one way or the other. Um, And then I'd be looking at a high-scoring game, a team that's going to be less favoured within that game. And then I'd be looking at what their matchups are on offense against certain defense by position, are they a team that's going to run the ball? They're going to be behind. Is the running back a, a PPR back? Is it Cordarrelle Patterson that's going to get the back the the, the receptions there, um, or is it someone like a, a Pacheco who's not going to get as many? Uh, and then I'd be looking at, let's say, receivers. Is it going to be a a slot receiver day or an outside receiver day? And I just kind of pick and choose that way, basically. But key facts: bookies don't get it wrong. They make a lot of money over under mm-hmm. on points. Handicap differential. Uh, and most people that are at this stage, will, I guess if they're playing it, they'll have an idea as to whether they expect the bills to blow out the Texans. You know, we have an idea how that will go. But put the facts and the numbers into it and just try and get there. And sometimes just you trust your gut as well.
1: Yeah, I think that's great advice. and something that we've talked about on the show a number of times. I think it's an underutilised piece of information. So I'm going to throw just a name out here that I think fits that criteria. Now, we don't know the betting lines. They haven't released them for next week. Yep. But one that I would anticipate to be a reasonably high-scoring game, it's played indoors between uh, you know a heavily favoured team and a team that is coming back off a win and scored a lot of points. Yep. And it's not a bad offence. Um, so we know they can move the football. Um, I'm going to go to say Matt Collins of the Raiders. He's 30% owned on Sleeper. Mm-hmm. They're playing indoors at home <coughs> against the Chargers. At home, are they? Yep. At home against the Chargers. Yep. Like that, to me, seems the kind of matchup so... where I would rather have Matt Collins. We don't know the betting lines, but I'd imagine that the over-under will we probably do. be near near 50. Are oh, they up. 50, so I've guessed
2: the wolf. There we go. If you can find a fifty point five they're expecting to be high scoring, Raiders are plus one and a half. So not quite as blowout as perhaps some would expect. Um, but the bookies That's certainly the favor them to be behind and therefore throwing the ball. Yeah. I think with the Raiders right now. I think it's hard. People they're not on the field at the minute a good team, but people still believe they should be, and it's hard to let go of that mentality actually mm-hmm. of this is a better team than they're actually performing at right now. Um, it's yeah, definitely Mac coaching is issues.
1: Yeah. And I, so for me, like, I would play someone like Matt Collins or at least have him on my roster this week. And I'm not saying yeah. I'd roster him every week, but he's someone I would roster over someone like Brandon Cooks or Drake London, uh, Jason, which is yeah. wild, right?
2: Yeah, it is. But if Devon Adams goes down, you've wandered into a wide receiver one there. They've already lost. tight. Uh, and Matt Collins has got the proof there in the target. So um, the other one in a similar situation I'd be looking at we, is, a am a fan of his anyways, A. Jones coming off a big week. Um, 100%. The Jags are at the Lions, another indoor game. The Lion on that one is fifty-one and and a half, two are yeah. worrying defences. Uh, and the Lions, the Jags actually, yeah, one and a half. Unfancy Lions are favourite. The Lions are favourite for a game. Hold on a minute.
1: Well, they are because they've won.
2: They've, they've won
1: I, mean, I mean, other than this week to the Bills, who oh, no. won three straight before that. They pushed the they Bills close. Right?
2: Yep.
1: Three straight, just narrowly lost to the Bills. I think that's fair. I
2: think yep. that's fair to that their favorites high. in that game. Yep. So, so someone like Zay Jones would be someone else i be looking at. And you said yeah. Marvin Jones to get rid of. Marvin Jones
1: didn't have a bad game either today. He didn't. He, listen, he didn't have a bad game. He's going to have games if he scores touchdowns. He's yep. going to have okay games. But you're, yep. he is so touchdown dependent, Trend. his peripherals are not good enough to warrant him being on your roster permanently. Now, if you like him for a play like this week, that looks like a lineup where you think, okay, I might <coughs> yep. keep Marvin Jones because it's high scoring. They might target him in the red zone. He might get a touchdown. But you're chasing touchdowns. You're not yep. chasing
0: Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication, visit doitforumc.org. We are
1: all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health.
0: We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org.
1: Seven for 70 game, and that's mm. 14 PPR points. And that's enough for someone, but it could be more. If you say Devontae Adams goes down, he has to sit out a bit of the game, yeah. that 14 can go to 24. And we've seen it with him this yeah. season that that can happen. So...
2: Um, another one i am looking at yeah. is Elijah Moore. With a Ooh. change of QB in there, Elijah oh, Moore twenty nine percent is... owned in redraft.
1: Oh um, my god! You and I are so on different spectrums here. It's not even funny. <laughs> I uh, I can't I can't advocate for this, and I'm going to tell you why. And then I'm going see, to let so the you numbers don't you for
2: It's a forty five and a half over under on it. Jets are going to be behind in the game. The QB differential is good. Uh, they're playing the Vikings. You would believe from an own fan point of view, that they're going to be behind in the game. They're riding a bit of a crest of a wave. Uh, his confidence is up. I think they look to get him back in the offense. He would be, maybe not redraft-wise here, but DFS, he was somebody I'd be putting right. in the lineup this week because he has the be- potential to perform.
1: My worry about Elijah Moore is he is in two wide receiver sets. He's not playing in them. So he yep. is almost exclusively behind Denzel Mims. So I would flip that and say Denzel Mims is the guy I'd want to play because Denzel Mims in a two-wide receiver set is getting the majority of the work alongside Garrett Wilson. We know Garrett Wilson's the alpha, but if if Garrett Wilson's being covered by good corners, we know that the opportunity in a two-wide receiver set is going to go to Denzel Mims. Where your play might make sense is in three-wide receiver sets because that is where Mims doesn't play as well and that work tends to go more to Elijah Moore. And if they are playing from behind and they're playing guts to glory football with three wide receivers, that is where I can see a path to Elijah Moore getting more work. But I would look at that game thinking if it's reasonably close because of that Jets D, I would say Denzel Mims to me sits like the better play. And I think he's Denzel probably Mims. similar ownerships.
2: Denzel Mims Was- hasn't had a, has only had one week with more than five targets. Which is what scares me with Denzel And uh, No, he's actually yeah. only at a two percent ownership. Wow. <laughs> yeah,
1: I just look um, at his utilization. I think it is starting to trend upwards. And not enough for me to be overly advocating him, but I <laughs> two targets, yeah, I three that...
2: targets, four targets, six targets, one target. Mm, no, I'm, yeah. I'm avoiding. But I understand the theory behind it. That's yeah. why,
1: and I think, yeah, exactly that is to present both sides of the case. Um... <laughs> But I think I think we're getting the point now is, is that we're looking at and targeting these plays um, and thinking about opportunities to to jump up and impress. Um, I w- I would look at someone... I mean, it's a hard situation with Jordan Love maybe coming in. We might not mm-hmm. see Aaron Rodgers this season. I start to think that Alan Lazard, and I don't know what his ownership is, but I think I've, with a change of QB and a, Q, and a change of culture... That could be really... It depends on his ownership. I mean, you're punting. There's no real form on it here because his last four weeks have been wide receiver 55, wide receiver 37, wide receiver 76. But if you look at his season, he's had uh, a wide receiver 30, 16, 23, 13, 32, and 9 before this current spell.
2: Yeah, see, I'm going to wait The other one at the back would pick is Randall Cobb. I think Christian Watson's himself enough lead. Randall Cobb's at 18% owned. Um, Coming back off his injuries, he's had six targets, six receptions, four targets uh, with a score. So he's still available. Is that an Aaron Uh, Rodgers?
1: Is that an Aaron Rodgers thing? Or is that a. Potentially, that's
2: that's the thing. Yeah, it's worth a check. And I think
1: that's the key. I don't know. But, but these are why we look at well, them. And then the great it. thing is exactly that. I was, that. I mean, was you think when about... Rogers,
2: it was going to be Amari Rogers, but
1: that didn't work. No, I was the same. I was the same as you. I thought this is Amari Rogers time. Um, and then we've got, today, these are the sorts of conversations you need to have and, and to plan and to think of these things and to chase. What we're doing is we're not chasing existing points. We're not chasing the people who performed last week like a Jermichael Hasty we're chasing potential volume plays or potential upside plays where the market or the fantasy league that you're in hasn't can't spot that opportunity because they're not listening to shows like this. They're not listening to other podcasts where they will identify that. So if you think about your bench, you've got what six spots on your bench. Realistically four of those spots, you should be able to rotate every week if you wish. Um. The other thing we talked about, and you talked about this uh, off air, was picking up handcuffs, and I think it's an important time of the season to do that. You you mentioned you're in a league where you just stacked yourself full of ha- handcuffs because you're so far clear in in first
2: place. Well, I was just going to mention it. You talk about four spots, so this was one I'm guaranteed to playoffs before this week's scores. Uh, it's PPR league, two running back, two wide receiver, two flex, pretty standard. Um, my bench currently looks like Dontrell Hilliard, Damian Harris coming back off his injury. I had Elijah Mitchell in case CMC was to go down. It's backfired. Brian Robinson and currently it's Traylon Burks and Garrett Wilson. Um, and waiver claims just gone in. Chris Alave bizarrely, and I have got AJ Dillon to replace Elijah Mitchell just in case as a top handcuff. Mm-hmm. I get that. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So I'm looking at. Turning those wide receivers, trade on Burks had a few good weeks. Ultimately, I don't think the Titans are going to be super pass heavy down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Chris Alave is available. I'll take Alave over Burks all day long. Probably would have replaced Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson had a very good week this week. So we'll hold him and just see if that form is going to continue On
1: Yeah, absolutely. Cause even, so. yeah, even though Burks had a good week this week, cause he did in terms of his utilization, in terms of his numbers, they were about near hundred percent what we would, we would expect. He's still not as good as a character. Yeah, six, except, six targets, four
2: receptions, seventy yards,
1: and that's about what we can expect out. of That is, that is to me a trade on Burke's week, which is, it's fine, it, it's fine. It's eleven points, eleven points yeah. ain't gonna win your matchups. Eleven points will leave. He's, leave he has scored a lot of this one. Well, yeah, but that's because the the the. the the Saints put up zero points. Like, yep. it's pretty hard yep. when they put up zero points. Stacey asked no, if, I'm if Mitchell to goes.
2: And lot, Go on.
1: Yeah, I would as well. If Mitchell goes out, is there anyone on the 49ers you would handcuff?
2: Me, realistically, no. We all thought Mitchell's role would be limited when they traded for CMC. And Mitchell, in that kind of first week, said that it's going to be viable. Um, Obviously, if CMC does now go down and Mitchell goes out and CMC does go down, somebody's going to have to run the ball. Probably, is it Tyrion David Price? Um, but I think they'll go back to heavy Debo from the backfield in that regard, if that be the case. I don't think they'll trust anyone enough to, to deal with it.
1: I, I tend to agree. and I think uh, you'll probably see some more use check, but not enough to make it worthwhile. And I think you'll get a combination of Debo, use check, uh, TDP and Jordan Mason. I think they're your they're your guys, and I don't. I, think I can't advocate. The roster. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think any of those three become but starters. But um, I could have
2: seen Mitchell becoming a regular RB one if CMC went down. One hundred percent. That's now gone. Um, hi,
1: I I would say for me the the most glaring pickup, and I'm just going to check his ownership before I I say this. <laughs> but there is, someone, there is someone sitting on almost all waiver wires right now. Um, I'm just checking his ownership before I say this. As a running okay, back. He's 50, yeah, 15% owned. Dion Jackson. Now, Dion Jackson, we've already seen, could put up RB1 <laughs> weeks. We know the Colts are probably not making the playoffs. Right? Especially if they lose tonight, that's mm-hmm. pretty much it. JT has played hurt a lot of the year. There is a realistic option where JT is benched. He's sat down for the rest of the year. Because why would you run JT to the ground when he's hurt for no cause? Maybe Jeff Saturday thinks, ah, oh, rah, 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 let's do this. But I don't think they're messing with the franchise. I really don't. And I think when you look at that offense, he's the franchise player. So would you really, when he's played hurt all year, do you really expect him to come out and play in week 16, week 17, if there's nothing to play for and he's still hurt? If he's healthy, he might still play. But I think Deion Jackson, for me, looks like an automatic pickup because he's someone that I can see coming in in a week or two and putting up huge numbers, as we've seen when he's come in. He's put up... Um, really, really good numbers. In fact, he's had
2: he had one week. He actually was the RB one, I believe.
1: Yeah. So I'm just looking now, and he had yeah. He's finished as
2: yeah. Mm, they're not as
1: great. RB one, RB one in week six. Yeah, but the, the, this is when the offense was struggling. They benched. Yeah. Um, they benched Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's back now. That offense is moving a bit better. There's a bit of blood going in that team. I, I, I just think Dion. I'm looking at players and thinking they're on the roster. They're on the waiver wire almost exclusively in all leagues, and I think he's someone I would be looking to pick up because if, J- if something happens to JT tomorrow, he becomes fantasy relevant. He's a top 24 running back in in most leagues with the opportunity to be a high end or low end RB one, or even have an RB one week, as we have seen the overall RB one. So I, I, I think Dion Jackson is someone I would be dialed into. I look at um, strength of schedule for the playoffs, right? So I'd be looking at Naheem Hines, is someone yep. that's quite low-owned. If something happened to Devin Singletree, he's got an amazing fantasy playoff schedule.
2: Um...
0: With the Lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: The same could be said, you know, with Deonta Foreman, but I know he's probably heavily owned now, but Chuba Hubbard. Yep. If something happened to Deonta Foreman, Tuba Hubbard looks interesting because he's already taking work. So it's not like he's yep. not he's not worth exclusively playing as it stands right now. But if Deonta Foreman, who has injury issues, as we know, got hurt, his schedule in the playoffs is as good as any running back minus Zeke Elliott because he's got the Steelers, which isn't the best matchup, and then he's got the Lions, and then the Broncos, which aren't bad matchups in the playoffs. So I think he's someone I'd be really interested in in adding.
0: Um,
2: Michael Hasty is another one at Jacksonville.
1: Yeah, I think... I, they sat
2: in. A... He was fine. He was checked out. He was fine. They chose not to risk him. If that happens again, he goes down. Michael Hasty is another flyer. I mean... I doubt he's going to get... He finishes RB7 this week in the end. Five receptions as well, which helps out a score. Um, again, I don't think he's going to win you it. But I hear someone that could take over that role. They got rid of Robinson. Um, I yeah, that I, I think Didn't they bring in...
1: They brought in Darrell Henderson. Go on. So, yeah, they bought in Darrell Henderson, didn't they? So it'd be interesting to see what they do there. Um, But they have an interesting playoff schedule because they've got the Cowboys and the Jets, which is just gross. And then the the Ravens. It's not a great playoff schedule. But again, it's worth it. These are the opportunities you have to kind of explore that there are decent opportunities to be had out there and um, Jalen Warren would be another one for me. If Najee Harris has played hurt all year, maybe they sit him in the final game. I know Jalen Warren's hurt now, but if he comes back and he's fine, Jalen Warren looks like somebody I would potentially see coming in. Uh, Brian Robinson, I think that yep. vote has gone, um, but he was one when Travis was getting utilised. Travis Homer's a decent shout. I think that these are the sorts of backs that you need to think about rostering. And getting rid of, you know, the Jared McKinnons. I mean, I'm not just exclusively saying Jared McKinnon because I don't like Jerry McKinnon. It's not that at all. I, I, I nothing but respect can, for Jared it's McKinnon. Name, it's right? just, he's just he fits it's, the narrative is Rojo still of anywhere? Uh, probably not. But, but
2: it's <laughs> I don't it's
1: got think work. oh well, good good luck for it, Ronald Jones. But I think um, he had
2: four carries this week and a target. <laughs>
1: I look at Jake McKinnon and he's the perfect player to not roster in fantasy football because right. he'll put up three top 24 Of all the names we just weeks. mentioned,
2: Murph, of all the names we just mentioned, the most rostered one of them is Ronald Jones. He is a 9% roster ship. People, dump Ronald Jones and go and get one of these people, please.
1: Who's owning, who's owning Ronald Jones? I honestly, like, what world do we live in? Ronald Jones I want to play the league with someone's
2: First thing he's done this season was four carries for twelve yards, one reception for twenty-two yards. We never saw that in Tampa. <laughs> Jeez, that is not going to an change. Um, Whereas the situation around the other guys could change. and I think that's the key is looking for. Hey, and we had it last year. We had Benny Snell. We looked at RG Harris potentially sitting, and we we looked at it, and it didn't come to fruition. Some of these won't work. Um, so you need to be thinking the week ahead, not. Wait until Kenny Walker goes down injured and then try and pick up Travis Homer. You're going to be fighting and struggling. If you've been clever, you've probably used some of your fab throughout the year anyway, and you're going to be behind the curve on that one. So, yeah. get them, I, I, stick I, I, them.
1: Another, another player I'd recommend is, is someone who went off in last year's playoffs is Sexy Rexy Burkhead. Yeah. Damien Pierce is not running the football well at the moment. He's not running the football well. He's been terrible the last two weeks. Sexy Rexy Burkhead in the playoffs, maybe they set Pierce. maybe he... Is hurt. We don't know. I'd, I'd imagine there's something that is causing him some trouble to go from the production levels he was at to the production levels he's at now. That's yeah. not just the offensive line's got really bad in the last two weeks. That's, that's something behind the scenes that we don't know about. He's not been on an injury list, so I, I don't want to speculate, but I think we've got to be a bit a bit careful. Um, one player I can't advocate having on the roster, and he's everyone's favourite handcuff, is Alexander Matteson. Because the Vikings are now throwing the ball so much more, Dalvin Cook's role is not brilliant. I know he's sort of the low... What is he, RB11 over the season, RB12? But, you know, in his last two games, he's been RB33, RB31. Like, if Matheson comes in, I don't think he's locked in to an RB1 workload. And I think if you are waiting for that to happen, I would be slightly concerned.
2: Agree. So, I mean, the players aren't going to differ a lot. We spoke at the start about the two different scenarios that we're sitting in. I think the players aren't going to differ a lot. We've covered a lot of them off. So, if you're in, as you're not going to load up on potentials that may well become league winners for one of a better days. Um, but how about those guys now that are sitting fifth to eighth in their leagues, Murph, that are tired through the playoffs or just outside one win back? How do they approach the situation? And with these guys we've been mentioning.
1: So I think I think you've got to think about rostering them, but I think you also have to play um up football, right? Yep. So whereas if you if you're in the playoffs, it doesn't matter who you play over the next two weeks and maybe even three weeks if you get a bye, it doesn't matter because the landscape will change and it doesn't matter if you win or lose, and your roster's probably good enough <laughs> to carry the wins. If you are needing to win every single week, what you have to do is outwork your opponent. And you do this by looking at their schedule, looking at their team, seeing if they've got any buys, seeing if they've got week 14 will be key, or week 14 matchup. They might, six teams on buy, they might end up having a position that is really struggling, might be running back, might be wide receiver, where they're going to actually struggle to finish or to pick up players. Get ahead of them on the waiver wire actually pick up the players who are desirable and make them really stuck for players. Um, if they need running backs, pick up a load mm-hmm. of running backs on your, on your roster and make it difficult for them to yeah. pick somebody up. Um, but you've got to play matchup. You've got to play matchup football. You have to look at their strengths and look at their weaknesses. You have to see based on the buys, how the things move, look at their team, do you look likely to win? Or are you are you looking well short of winning? You know, are you playing a team that is bottom of the league and not scoring many points? Then you can probably, you know, do a little bit less of that and, and just secure a win, get your points up as much as possible. If you're not a favorite in your matchup and you're in fact scheduled to be beaten by 1520, you need to start shooting for the moon and picking up some of these players. Uh and really going for it because starts. Exactly that. You've got to go and play the ceiling because you can't afford a, you can't afford the L. So taking a player like,
2: hold on, right? Use the situation you've had. You've probably, if you're sitting eighth in your league, been starting Drake London most weeks. There you go. This week, D- and you're D- you're forecasted to lose by 15 points. I'd take him out and I'd put Elijah Mitchell in, uh, Elijah Moore in. Sorry. Yeah, because upside is there more than Drake London. He may get you yeah. zip. He may get you one, whereas whereas Drake London's getting you six or seven every week. But he also may get you 18, just to put the context of some players we spoke about.
1: And I think that's the key, right? We've talked about the players that you can add, but you need to think about exactly shooting for the moon, thinking of situations where teams can exploit the Matt Collins of the world, the Elijah uh, Moores, the... Denzel Mims or whoever else you want to think about, and think about where there's a situation where they could go to the moon. and We've named a load of running backs potentially, and we've named a lot of we've named some wide receivers where matchups look good. Look at the betting lines, look at the points totals, and use that because that's a really important tool to find these players that can get you the big weeks. Because if you hit, they might just scrape you into the playoffs, and that's the difference. I remember going into a playoff last season. Or a situation where it was a win and in. And I think I started like Dario Gumbawale or someone like that. Like it yeah. was I think that was actually first round, second so round of playoffs, and he had a big week enough to get me through. Yep.
2: Yeah.
1: But it's those sorts of situations that you have to exploit, that you have to make the most of. So I think that's that's how I would play it. Is you've got to look up at their roster, try and roster block as much as possible. Think about who you're going to uh, attack on uh, their side. If they're going to be weak in week 14 on running back, go get some running backs and block, but then load yourself with upside plays as well.
2: Yeah, totally agree with you there. Um, And gamble, don't be afraid to gamble. Losing by 50 is as bad as losing by 15 in that situation.
1: Yeah, 100%.
2: Anything else then you want to touch upon in this situation, Murph? Or No,
1: nah, I think, I think you know, just keep an eye on those situations. Look at your rosters. Manage your rosters accordingly. Try and get some running backs uh, handcuffs that are good. This is tends yeah. to be the part of the season where running backs go down and get hurt. Look at situations where running backs could sit like J- um, Jonathan Taylor. I'm not saying they will, but you've got to look yeah. at those situations. Take the gamble. You always want to be one week ahead, not one week behind.
2: Super. Um for me it's great to be back. Um the so news glad you're to your back. Maverick as I was informed just a few hours ago. So we <laughs> need to work on that.
1: Well, listen, if you're here next season, which I hope you will be, and I pray you are, uh I'll upgrade you to Iceman.
2: Fantastic. Well at least I don't die now, I just lose. I suppose <laughs> improvement. So um, I guess okay. you haven't so, seen I
1: guess you haven't seen Maverick. Well, I guess you haven't seen Maverick then.
2: I haven't seen the new one yet. No, I haven't seen the new one yet. Oh. So we'll get there. So um, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Any questions, ping them over. Five-hour chat uh, on Twitter. Uh, we'll answer them and, and maybe we'll look to next week if you've got any queries and concerns. We'll go from there. Murph, thank you for your time. And we will see you next week. Cheers, mate. And don't forget,
1: as always, keep rushing.